This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but with social distancing and $20 movie rentals on VOD. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. <laughs> We did it. Yeah, we did Yay. it. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, guys. This isn't my thing, okay? It's all right. What I'm happens? A, I'm an artist. This is a learning experience <laughs> for all of us. Before we jump in, hey, everybody, quick reminder. Metal band that Sam and I are in called Holden is currently holding a joint contest with us to give away a pair of test pressings. Uh, they're vinyls that are signed by us. We've gotten a number of entries already, but don't let that deter you. How do you enter? It's really easy. Literally, all you have to do is send us an email at cast at with the subject line Holden Contest. We're going to keep this contest open until 4.11, and we'll announce the winner on the cast. Um, we'll include a, include a link to the band's YouTube page uh, featuring our latest single, Sparks Between Teeth, so you can check it out if you're interested. Now that we've gotten the business out of the way. Hey everybody, I'm Palmer, and I'm joined by Alex and Sam. We're on day 22,573,101 of the quarantine, and life couldn't be better. Underwear is still clean. I still have access to plenty of booze. The rivers are flowing at capacity with the blood of my enemies. And I've only had to murder about 9,200 people, give or take, to claim the throne and crown myself god-emperor of quarantine land. Hmm. Alex is now the queen of Henrico Hill people, and Sam is the baron of the West <laughs> West End Willies. I would just like Gang. to I would just like to jump in right now. Uh, uh, your yeah. underwear may be queen, but the West End Willies don't believe in underwear. Oh, okay. Our, we we let go. our Willies fly as free as our flag. That, I like it. That's why. That's why uh, you know you're the baron of them. Uh, we drink quarantinis where I live. <laughs> <laughs> the Henrico Hill people only drink quarantinis. Only only quarantinis. Yeah. What about like uh It's a it's a qua- large glass of wine that... chased with a shot of tequila. <laughs> uh that hey, I actually I like that idea. <laughs> I like that. They're gangs that serve obediently under my rule. They remain steadfast at my beck and call, and our power continues to grow under my new world order. <laughs> Uh, the the river that splits us might split Alex and I against you. Yeah, I think no, yeah, I think it, it can happen. Yeah, we are going to usurp you. It can't you. happen. No, we. I cannot be usurped. Not as long as my underwear remains clean. Well, we like we said, we don't wear underwear in the West End, so. I just and I just have to wait for you to inevitably shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's coming. <laughs> I, I would never be incontinent as a ruler. Three qu- I don't know what you're talking about. Three quarantinis and you might change your mind. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Is that, is that going to be the, the uh, how you guys trigger everything? Yeah. Alex's just Trojan horse. <laughs> oh, man. Um, given the film we're talking about today and how much of a huge bomb it was at the box office, I thought it might be fun to discuss some of our favorite box office flops. Uh... This one, I think, we made like $4 million in total on like a $25 million budget. I don't know. We'll discuss more about that later when we discuss Idle Hands. But uh, I thought it'd be a fun topic to discuss. Because I know we have some. Mm-hmm. I know we all collectively have like that one box, at least that one box office flop that we really enjoy oh, yeah. uh, watching. Can um, I just say that I'm legitimately surprised that no matter what happens, Battlefield Earth is not number one? <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's it's I'm in the top sure ten on like this list, but it's yeah. not number one, which is surprising to me. What is number one on the list? <clears throat> so we're looking at at Wikipedia's official list of uh, the biggest box office bombs. I the Thirteenth Warrior. The Thirteenth Warrior. Yes. Jesus Christ, really? Mm-hmm. I remember that not being like a terrible movie. Uh, the one that kind of stood out the most to me on that list was uh, the recent entry in the Blade Runner series. Yeah. Because that one I made a lot of money. It. That one made a lot of money and it's still considered a flop. Yeah. Why well, is that? Well, I mean, that? it still was like, what, 80 million under, right? Something yeah, like that? it's just because like, like it didn't the, recuperate I, its money. Because I think these numbers are based on losses adjusted for inflation. So. They have to make a profit, which covers like all of the like actual movie costs plus the like marketing budgets and all that stuff. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I, like, you know, when we discuss things on on uh, uh, like our horror headlines and everything in relation to HBO, it's always like it's got to make at least three times mm-hmm. whatever. <clears throat> like was invested in the film for it to be considered a success these days. So sense. it's harder to do than you'd think, which is why you see so many of these like low budget films become yeah. good stories, right? Especially as these budgets get bigger and bigger. Like Blade Runner had somewhere between 150 and 180 million dollar budget, and it made 260 worldwide. So I mean, yeah, it made money. It just didn't make enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't make enough to cover it. What about you guys? What 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 stood out to you all on that list? I always really liked that movie Gigli <laughs> with Giggly. Jennifer Lopez <laughs> that people always make fun of, but I think it's great. <laughs> Do you really? Yes, that's like oh, one of those wow. movies that people talk Affleck, so much shit right? about. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, it's not a horror movie at all. But <laughs> I mean, no, there's Blade Runner. It, there's not a lot of horror movies on this list, to be honest. Which goes yeah, to show they're profitable. Low Mm-hmm. That's true. They, they always tend to be pretty profitable, unless you're, uh, what the fuck was it that came out recently that was just not profitable at all? Or I guess you could put New Mutants on there because it hasn't yes. even come out yet. That, then, <laughs> then, then that's People what I would... spent a lot of money on that. <laughs> that's my choice then. <laughs> New Mutants. <laughs> um, I've got a couple that I actually really enjoy uh, that are on this list, and I'm not. Su- I'm surprised that one of them is on this list. Uh-huh. Uh, mm. So. Um, one of the ones I really enjoy, uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, so maybe it's just, like, rose-tinted glasses, but Osmosis Jones? With uh, Bill Murray? That, uh, yeah, oh, Bill Murray, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, it's I about being, Anthrax. Like, genuinely disgusted by that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that movie's but, just like, gross. Isn't that <laughs> a Fairly like, Brothers movie? Uh, don't actually know who did that one, but it's, it's a cartoon-slash-live-action with Bill Murray. Yeah. And it's about your body fighting off anthrax, which I think mm. if you replace with coronavirus is rather timely. Mm-hmm. Um, sphere. Wait, is it really anthrax that he's fighting in that movie? I don't. I thought yeah. it was just like a cold. No, it's anthrax. <laughs> it's more serious. Oh. It's anthrax. <laughs> Damn, dude. Um, sphere. I've always enjoyed that movie. Sphere. Uh, Have you watched that recently? No, mm. I haven't. I watched it like. Four months ago, like right when Atticus was born, and I was home for a couple months, and it was uh-huh. like, it was like the insomnia nights where I was up until all hours of the morning with him, like, and I turned it on because it's on HBO, and that movie just is not good. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> I remember, I remember really liking it in theaters, and just like watching it again, I was like, this movie's so fucking boring. It's got such yeah. a good cast, though. That's because it's it really what, it's Sharon Stone. Uh, What's that guy's name? Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman. and yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, right? 
It, yeah, yeah. It's because like uh, um, Crichton was like in his heyday at that point because they had uh-huh. come out with the Jurassic Park movies and everybody was like, oh, let's make every Crichton book we can into a film. <laughs> and yeah. this one just did that work. Yeah, um, yeah. The one that legitimately surprises me on this list is Wind Talkers because I don't think I've ever seen a like World War II movie. That's that Nicolas Cage World War II movie, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's actually pretty good. Um, and I've just never seen like a World War II movie not make it all of the money. Yeah, that's um, true. People love that shit. But my actual number one favorite, uh, which is like a legit favorite movie of mine, and it's... I am not at all surprised that it is on this list. Is it Geely? No. Incoming Postman. No, Monkey Bone. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, dude, that movie tanked. I yeah, never... I'm, I'm not at all surprised by it. That movie's fucking weird as shit, but I love it. Is it, is it, I've never seen it, but here it says that it's a black comedy. It Would is a black agree? comedy, Alex. <laughs> it is indeed a black comedy, Alex. Okay. Not quite as, not quite as uh, much of a black comedy as a Serbian film. Well, is but, there anything uh, that's quite as funny as a Serbian <laughs> film? <laughs> I'm Me. just glad to know that you finally accepted that it's funny. I, I can't, yeah. you know, I feel the more I protest... <laughs> The worse it is now for Doth me. Doth protest too much. much. Yes. <laughs> so now I just agree with you. So listeners, write in. Let us know your favorite box office bombs. The ones that really kind of like, I don't know, hold on to your heartstrings, even though they did terribly or they're poorly received. Uh, we'd love to know or what they are. Or it's Battlefield Earth. Oh, I'm just seeing now Dudley Do-Right is on this list. That's a- <laughs> so so just Brendan Fraser from you guys. That's Pretty what I'm much. getting. It's just like <laughs> anything with Brendan Fraser in it. Well, Dudley Duray's are- Canadian, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. He's a Mountie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's why Alex likes it. That's why it's, I like it's it. less to do with Brendan Fraser and more to do with the. What fact is it? That the RCMP, Mounties. right? R- yes. The Royal RCMP. Canadian Mounted Police. Mm-hmm. Why do I know that? I don't like that. I know that. <laughs> it's not <laughs> cute little Mount Me hat. Yeah. Don't talk about yeah. the Mounties like that. <laughs> Why? They're so cute. It's disrespectful. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? It just might be. <laughs> All right. So let us know what your favorite box office flops are. Are you guys ready to talk about some horror headlines? Yerp. I guess we could just talk about Geely. <laughs> that is a horror Alex's headline, I guess. spinoff podcast about Geely. <laughs> I can't wait until Alex just starts her lighthouse version of... <laughs> The her, her version Geely podcast of my Lighthouse podcast. It'll be great. I can't wait. I cannot wait. That's what I should be doing with my Corona time. Is just restarting. starting the Lighthouse podcast. Mm, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure the world does too. All right, let's get into some horror headlines. Headlines. All right, starting with some trailers. Uh, we got a trailer for Peninsula, mm. which is uh, the sequel to the amazing South Korean horror film Train to Busan, and it received its first trailer. And on it, dude, it's great. Have you guys you guys watched it or no? Yeah, I think it's it looks fucking there's, fantastic. I'm there's so many more in. zombies in this. Love that. Yeah, there, are. <laughs> <laughs> there really are. Uh, I think like. It's going completely off the rails compared to its original film, but I'm like 100% all right with it, honestly. It's looking like a blend of The Raid, Escape to New York, Mad Max, and World War Z. Uh, The film debuts explosive action, wild set pieces, including what looks like a zombie fighting ring. Uh, (laughs) 
Hey High man, the first mad- rule of Fight Club: if you can't talk about it, zombies are great for keeping that. Weight. <laughs> Absolutely, that's true. That's true. Uh, a high-speed Mad Max-style car chase and uh, tons more. I mean, honestly, it's it's coming out of left field considering what Train to Busan was, but uh, I'm liking the less reserved direction that it's going in. Um, it also looks like it's going to be exploring its well-established post-apocalypse-style zombie world in depth, which could be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm pretty intrigued. Looks like a lot. Looks like it will be a blast. So uh, we'll keep you posted about more as this um, starts to get closer to release. <laughs> if it does in this Corona world we live in. Uh, next up, physical releases. Full credit to uh, Bloody Disgusting for this one, but they compiled a list of all the Blu-rays slash DVDs that will be going out of print from Scream Factory at the end of 2020. The list is as follows. Candyman 2, Farewell to Flesh, Supernova, The Vincent Price Collection, uh, The Phantom of the Opera, the 1989 version, uh, From a Whisper to a Scream, Terror Vision, The Video Dead, it's a double feature. Uh, Prison, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, Poltergeist 3, and Alienator. Choice ones off this for me are uh, Poltergeist 2 and 3, and then From a Whisper to a Scream, which are... Uh, but the Poltergeist movies in, in particular are a lot of fun to watch. Um, if you're into collector's editions also, these are going to be hard to find um, in a few years, so get your grubby little hands on them while you still can. <laughs> Next up, uh, Greta Gret- Gret- Hansen. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Your hands aren't supposed to be grubby right now. You're supposed to be washing your hands. Mm, he makes a good point. Why are your uh, hands grubby? Well, see, as a leader, I have to get my hands dirty pretty frequently. But my underwear, they stay clean. All right. <laughs> Seems backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, you Gretel know what? Both Hansel. things should be clean. <laughs> <laughs> You're just not going to let this one rest, huh? Nope. <laughs> Gretel und Hansel is coming to uh, Blu-ray and digital. Um, the film that released early this year was well-received, at least by critics, not really by fans or anybody who wanted to pay to go see movies. Um, but it was considered, I guess, art house horror. and falls into that A24 vein. Um, those that missed it on the big screen, myself included, now have a chance to check it out when it's released on digital and VOD April 7th or uh, DVD slash Blu-ray on May 5th. There's only one special feature, literally just one, which is a tad disappointing, and it's some sort of storybook featurette with details that are pretty scarce. Um, it's based on a brother's grim fairy tale, in case you didn't know. Uh, the story is a reimagining of the source material. A long time ago, in a distant fairy tale countryside, a young girl leads her brother into a dark wood in desperate search for food and work, only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. Check it out when it comes out via Orion Pictures. Uh, next up, we got some books information coming around. We got a new uh, Stephen King book on the horizon. When I first came across this bit of news, I thought it was going to get piled into the ever-growing list of Corona cancellations. But alas, it's not. Stephen King's new book, If It Bleeds, will actually be coming out earlier than expected on April 28th. Its original release date was slated for May 5th, but we're getting it a whole week earlier than anticipated. Um, The book is a collection of novellas, and it's the newest collection available from one of the greatest horror authors of our time. It contains three stories, Mr. Harrigan's Phone, The Life of Chuck, Rat, and the title... uh, I guess it contains four stories. I can count if it bleeds. <laughs> um, each pulling readers into intriguing and frightening places. You can pre-order it now wherever books are sold. You might want to keep in mind that Corona lives much longer on paper, though. So uh, maybe go for the digital or the audiobook versions just to be safe right now. I'm just throwing that out there, you guys. Let's just 
make sure. Uh, next up, we got some games news. Uh, fans of the Friday the 13th franchise are, uh, well, we're pretty used to disappointment. Pretty used to disappointment. Mm-mm-mm. But it seems like hope for the franchise can take the form of uh, even the most unlikeliest place. Um, Friday the 13th, Horror at Camp Crystal Lake is a board game that's coming this summer to fans everywhere from the op games uh in their summary the company stated the following in this anxiety driven press your luck horror game players take on the roles of cliche camp counselors like the stereotypical nerd the partier the nice guy the final girl Mm -hmm. and the diva uh the diva sorry and the jock is they must rely on chance and strategy to survive five nights being terrorized by a bloodthirsty jason i'm noticing that the stoner is uh missing from this it's possible that it's in there just wasn't clear in the summary but mm. uh i think that's a that's, vital uh, point a vital character yeah it's it's stoner discrimination honestly i think the and, player uh, is supposed to be the stoner here oh uh, they're breaking the fourth wall interesting okay what a theory the game, <laughs> the game which will retail for 29.99 includes six player boards uh one cabin board 10 critical supply cards backpack cards fear 64 fear cards it's a lot of fear 88 blood splatter <laughs> tokens uh escape tokens player tokens a night tracker a whole bunch of other stuff related to the game including a rule book and all that other nonsense i don't know 29.99 doesn't seem like a bad asking price for this we might have to check this one out and see what you it's all about you get hours of fun for 29.99 we could. I'm not too keen on ordering it quite yet because uh, social distancing makes board games a little bit of a bitch right now. But <laughs> yeah. Could we not play but. it over Skype? <laughs> <laughs> You'll just have to roll and move for everyone. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun so at all. So pretty much you're uh, playing by yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next up, uh, we've got Corona Cancellations. A Quiet oh, Place okay. 2 now has a release date, September 4th, which is Labor Day weekend. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, on March 31st, Sony took the decision to shift its entire slate of theatrical releases. So Jason Reitman's uh, small town set Ghostbusters Resurrection is pushed from July 2020 to March 5th, 2021. That's a long fucking time. Taking that's taking Sony's slot that was originally intended for a video game ad- adaptation of Uncharted. Um Morbius, as part of Sony's big reshuffle, Jared Leto, Marvel vampire film Morbius has been pushed from uh, July to mid-March, also next year. I can't tell Um, you how many words in that sentence make me really unhappy. (laughs) Which ones? (laughs) It's specifically specifically the four consecutive words, Jared Leto, Marvel vampire. (laughs) That's a great Uh, name for a band. (laughs) (laughs) it is actually uh the woman in the window it's moved from may 15th to uh, a date that has not been determined uh florida's popcorn fright film festival has also been rescheduled uh from 10 1 to 10 4 due to the coroni in a recent press release they stated popcorn frights is committed to being part of the solution to help slow down the recent spike in numbers of covid19 cases in the state of florida and across the country and we remain committed to the safety of audiences, staff, and the community at large. Submission deadlines for the festival have also been extended through August 16th. So you got some more time. Um, 
Netflix's Untitled Resident Evil series had to be shut down uh, completely. Martin Moskowitz of Constantin Films has stated that they had to shut down over 30 shows altogether, mainly stuff done in Germany and the Czech Republic and Romania. Um, Run, Sweetheart, Run was the last one that I could find. It's the latest social horror film from Blumhouse and OTL releasing. It's been described by some outlets as a blend between Get Out and Rosemary's Baby about a woman who embarks on a first date that goes very, very wrong, which has been delayed. Um, Initially expected to be released on May 8th, 2020, the film's release has now been postponed indefinitely. Bummer. Bummer, indeed. Yeah, that list is just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, Sam, we got anything this week? Nope. All Caroni takes all of the fun out of now slaying because nothing I'm surprised is getting released. I'm surprised it's like some slowing down all these digital releases too. You'd think that they'd be ramping those up, but I think a lot of studios are still trying to figure out the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it looks like over the next few weeks we're going to start seeing more coming straight to digital. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the case because it seems like a lot of people checked out at least Invisible Man on VOD. I'm seeing so much talk about that in a bunch of the Facebook horror groups that I'm a part of and uh, on on um, Dreadit and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think they must have hit some sort of success, at least with that one. I haven't seen nearly as much talk about The Hunt, but definitely a ton about Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which... I still need to check out. I just I can't just I just can't justify twenty dollars for just a rental. I just can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do it. I just mm, might just have to wait on that. All right. Well, there's no now slang, so I guess we're jumping straight through that and heading right for this week's main event. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. Idle Hands came out in 1999, directed by Rodman Flender. It's written by Terry Hughes and uh, Ron Milbauer. Stars Devin Sawa, Alex's favorite, (laughs) as uh, Anton Tobias. Uh, Seth Green as Mick. Eldon Henson as P-Nub. Jessica Alba as Molly. Vivica A. Fox as Debbie LeCure. uh, And Christopher Hart as The Hand, um, who also, he's a musician that also did The Hand for uh, Adam's Family. As well. oh. With the same prop Thing. hand, too. Yep. yep. Uh, Sam, you got a summary for this one? I do. Ooh. Alex's first and only loves, uh, who spends a bit too much time in Bruce Campbell's Lavender Fields, hooks up with his friends, Robot Chicken and hockey player turned burnout Fulton Reed, to get so high that, the girl next, that they turn the girl next door into the whore next door, win a costume contest by accident, steal a car, and lead a killing spree. Ladies and gentlemen, we're watching Lazy Reefer Madness. Okay. I like it. Clap, clap. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Idle Hands was released in 1999 to limited fanfare. Uh, The film holds a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, holds a Metacritic score of only 31. It flopped at the box office, bringing in a measly $4 million on an estimated $25 budget, generating less money than Saving Private Ryan, a film that had already won Oscars, had been out for over a year, and was playing at a quarter of the number of theaters (laughs) over the same weekend. Uh, And in spite of the consensus that the movie wouldn't find an audience because it's too gory to be funny and too funny to be taken seriously featuring shifts in tone that don't make any sense and offer no levity to the premise there are those that defend this film ourselves included 
Is it the oddball stoner humor? The tongue-in-cheek glimpse at the macabre? The homages to horror films that fans know and love? Or is it just the absurdity that a film like this even got off the fucking ground? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think we'd argue it's a little bit of all those things rolled up into one. Uh, As with films from the 90s slash early 2000s we discuss, we'd be remiss if we didn't jump into a summary of the film without at least addressing the music. A trend that started when we covered I Know What You Did Last Summer a long time ago. So here's a montage of some of the soundtrack's heavy hitters. with music from Rob Zombie, Static X, Blink-182, Zebrahead, and more, we venture into a movie that makes no sense, has no rhyme or reason, and absolutely no consequences. What is there to say about Idle Hands that hasn't already been said? It's a genuinely terrible film that came out during an era of filmmaking that I utterly detest, yet here I am talking about it with you nerds today. And here I am admitting that while it's not my favorite film in the world, I do enjoy it. What? I'm sorry, what? For this time and age. (laughs) Yep. That's a rarity for this time and age. And recorded. (laughs) It seems to be published. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's you won't hear me say that very often. So, but I heard you say so it enjoy now. It. You you did, yes, yes. So <laughs> the question is uh well, the question that we're kind of setting out to answer is why, in spite of all these red flags, has this movie grown up to be a considerable cult classic that stands up so favorably in the minds of horror fans from our generation? And most of all, why does this movie get a pass from me? Let's find out. Tobias' family is settling into bed with the mother and father participating in their nightly routine when they hear a sound of an intruder and notice an ominous message painted on the ceiling above their bed. Was it say, like, uh, I'm under the bed or something? Yeah, it's yeah. something very, Along like, uh, yeah, it's just I'm under the bed. Urban legend esque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, when they go to investigate the sounds coming from the ground floor of their house, they are brutally murdered. Lazy stoner teenager Anton Tobias wakes up Halloween morning, ignoring the clues that something dreadful has happened. How do you miss your dog licking blood off the ground? I don't know how you like just step over he, that and just—he is singularly focused, sir. Mm-hmm. He has one he, mission: on, on on eating breakfast, then going to get weed. Yeah, Car- <laughs> cartoons, era-specific music, and smoking weed out of his inhaler. Yes. I love it. Yes. Uh, Can we just talk about up. that inhaler really quickly? <laughs> How he yeah, wraps sure. it around his neck all the time. It must smell hey. terrible. Yeah, dude. That, that's my thing, right? Is like if if he's just so it's got no cap on it. There's yeah. nothing to like prevent it from looking like like it's full of resin or anything. Uh-huh. Any like anybody with like any sort of brain would be like, yeah, you're just smoking weed out of that thing. Yeah. Not I to mention it's only- plastic. 
Yeah, it's plastic. It's disgusting. And I feel like the only reason that no one says anything is because the only two cops in town are like bumbling fools. So, (laughs) yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, So he ignores all these clues, setting out on his quest to find more weed. After being unable to score more, but he takes the lyrics journal containing a song from his longtime crush, Molly, after she drops it. Uh, he he finds it and takes it back to her home with the intention of using this as an opportunity to score. Instead, he chickens out and runs away. And, so uh, he uh, he falls into her bush, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he falls into the bush and says, "Sorry about your bush." Uh, that line fucking kills me um, <laughs> every time. Every time, because Jessica Alba is going to hear that about ten years later from Derek Jeter. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Ruthless Got him. Sam. Just fucking full of zingers today, boys. Let's... Supposedly. <laughs> Suppo- yeah, Supposedly. let's not speculate. <laughs> I mean, whatever. She makes a line of very successful, like, homeopathic organic baby products now, doesn't she? Like, and, like, house cleaning it... supplies and stuff. Yeah. Doesn't every celebrity do that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so we've got this picture-perfect setup for a stoner comedy here, minus the uh, well, the murders. Um, <laughs> the backdrop is a slice of suburban Americana that might seem a little more than familiar to horror fans. That's because this was actually filmed in South Pasadena, the same uh, little piece of Hollywood, California, that was used to film a ton of extremely famous films, including the original Halloween. So it's got this kind of... you got to admit, there's something about like South Pasadena that does scream like suburban horror film right mm-hmm. like it does no matter what the time period even if it's in the early 2000s or the you know what was it mid 70s i guess for halloween like no matter what it is it just screams something's about just, to go down it's it's picturesque in this town it is it's almost it is. too picturesque right it is yeah that's why i chose that word americana for it it's just like it's, it's kind of what you what you think of when you think like you're living the dream with the white picket fence type of thing mm-hmm. right it yeah. just needs a little uh, bit of grime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, upon returning home with without more weed and a shame of his uh, inability to talk to his crush, he attempts to smoke a blunt of nutmeg and oregano, which is a, a typical high school stoner thing to do, well, minus the nutmeg. Yeah. Um, I think I've mentioned it on this cast, but I used to sell oregano to friends, quote-unquote, of mine <laughs> yeah. when I was in high school. That's a loosely <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I always got a kick out of it whenever they'd come back to me and be like, yeah, can we get some more of that? I guess we'll play. Oh, it's great. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. of course. Let me, <laughs> let me let me make 200% profit on this five cents of oregano that I put in this bag. <laughs> uh, after discovering their bodies disguised as uh, Halloween decorations, Anton realizes that his parents are dead. He summons his friends Peanut and Mick to the house as he tries to piece together what happened before realizing that his right hand has become possessed unable to control his hand he kills his two besties by decapitating one and shoving a glass bottle into the skull of the other anton throws his cat across the street while and while searching for it he encounters his neighbor molly and the two start a relationship just like out of the blue so the one thing that like does irk me about this film and always will is just like how like just random a lot of the events are in this film they have like i said a couple of times they really have no rhyme or reason and there's no weight to any of the choices that are made in this film whatsoever well she started hating him because he smacked her butt (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's a perfectly good reason she plays out like a stoner fantasy dream girl it's fucking weird she plays the bass and she's kind of 
sweet but also skanky. <laughs> she listens yeah. to Sublime. She listens to Sublime. <laughs> oh, God. Which, which was like the go-to for everybody at that point in time, right? Like, oh my God, dude. Did they listen to the Sublime? That, that, that band speaks to my soul, right, man. man. <laughs> Even though still people like worship Sublime, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. But I feel like yeah. especially at that point in time, it was just like all about that band. But... Uh, Anyways, stabs his friends. Stabs starts his dating. Friends. Starts starts dating the neighbor girl randomly. Uh, Anton decides that he's going to hold a funeral for his former buddies and uh, his his parents. However, Peanut and Mick decide that uh, they're going to throw throw a stick in the spokes. You know, give them a little bit of a curveball. They're not going to go to heaven. So they described that they, after they died, they saw this like white light and all these angels were singing and all this other stuff. And they, was, they were just like, no, we're just going to turn around. Well, because uh, it was too far to walk, man. That was a long tunnel. Right. They're too lazy to walk towards the yeah, light. Yeah, Even that's, though there's that's these exactly what it is. beautiful angelic voices calling to them. They're like, nah. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd be in the same I get boat. it. I don't know. <laughs> I get it. I get it too. But does that immediately make you a, like the undead? I, I just uh, there's just so much randomness in this. So one. all people who decide like not to. to go to the white light apparently then just become zombies. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, uh, returning to their former bodies and rising from the grave in a way that definitely has a bit of a callback to stuff like American Werewolf in London. Um, Mick and Peanut are bizarre fucking names, but they have an interesting origin story. According to IMDb, both Eldon Henson and Seth Green's characters, Mick and Peanut, were based on an SNL skit where Eddie Murphy played an illiterate character named Buckwheat, who sang popular, at the time at least, uh, songs in a way that wasn't understood half the time. In one skit, he sings the song Looking for Love and sings Looking for Penub in the Wrong Places. And if you uh, listen to the commentary that both Mick and Peanut's names are based off this skit, if you kind of like say it fast, it sounds almost exactly like Mick and Penub. Okay, that makes sense. For the, for, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But that's apparently where it came from. I I don't know, dude. Writers, writers weed is a wonderful thing. Yep. Writers have no uh, shortage of of. Well, one of the writers of this, like she did, like she's done so many shows. Uh, like good shows. Terry Hughes. Yep. Yeah, like, well, I don't know if they're good shows, but they're shows like Eureka and, like, you know, sci-fi stuff okay. and yeah. whatnot. But, like, the the laundry list of credits to that person is just, like, massive. So, obviously, this didn't, this wasn't enough to, to fuck up their career. <laughs> obviously not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I guess that's how you get the weird... The weird names for those characters, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. But apparently somebody who wrote this script thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> me, meanwhile, a druidic high, high priestess named Debbie LaCure is uh, hunting for evil spirits responsible for killing across the country. After his hands killed two cops in his living room. So we had mentioned that these two cops were kind of bumbling fools, fools. anyways. <laughs> I'm noticing this trend, by the way, in, in uh, shitty horror films uh-huh. well i guess horror comedies that like like for instance with tammy and the t-rex and stuff the, those two police are bumbling idiots like yeah. in this they're bumbling idiots like 
I feel like cops are never very intelligent in horror films, but no. especially in, in the horror comedies we've been watching as of late, they seem to be particularly idiotic. Well, definitely um, a stab to the authority, right? Sticking right, it to right. the man. <laughs> um, he decides after killing these two police officers that he's had enough, right? And he's going to he's gonna try to cut off his hand. Mm-hmm. He starts off trying to do it with, uh, with the bagel cutter, right? And oh, Mick is and, that what and, that is? Yeah, and Mick and Peanut are like, uh, yeah, that thing won't even cut my bagels, right? And and of course, it doesn't even slice off his hand. And then he finally takes a cleaver to it and manages to get it get it hacked off. And he proceeds to throw it in his microwave and microwave mm-hmm. it. Uh, so Peanut and Mick, they set out to find a first aid kit and some burritos because <laughs> you need to get both of those things. Mm-hmm. Stoners have their priorities. Uh, while Anton traps the hand in the microwave, burning it. Uh, so he puts it in there for like a minute and a half. And then what is arguably probably the grossest scene of the film and something that like really harkens back to microwave massacre. I just like watching that thing just like spin around in a circle and just like it's blood or uh, skin start to kind of bubble and all the pus and blood and stuff spewing out. You think that was grosser than when he actually tried to eat the burrito? <laughs> They, I wasn't that grossed out. That's like, well, that, that part is neck. genuinely, that part is genuinely hilarious to me every time I see it. I don't know <laughs> why. Uh, that really it. calls back to my, my high school stoner days because I, I watch this film and I see scenes like that. And I think about my friends literally walking down the steps of my basement high as hell mm-hmm. drinking <laughs> salsa from vats. So I had this friend that just came down the stairs just with this giant vat of of oh god i think it was like chi cheese salsa and he's just drinking out of it and and uh he always used to do this kind of stuff like i had like a can of like all black olives he'd just open them up and just like like take a spoon and eat the olives and like the olive juice like directly out of the can so like when i see Yum. this kind of shit it just reminds me I mean, that yeah, like it just reminds life. me of this it just reminds me of uh of this kind of stuff because i feel like if if i was a decapitated stoner zombie I would be going through the exact same thing. Well, I mean, the, the if burrito I was part in high school. The burrito part doesn't bother me because it like it reminds me of uh, the woman who slit her throat and smokes constantly in beetle juice, and every oh, time yeah. she inhales, you oh, see the smoke right, come right, out of right. her throat. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the brown goopy beans that kind of make me feel a little sick. I do appreciate it, how look too how much like poo for a bunch of stoners. How like clever and quick they are with figuring out how to fix that and seth green just grabs Dude. a fucking roll of duct tape and yep. problem solved like a big stoner ass ingenuity like in the kitchen <laughs> stoner ingenuity mm-hmm. uh why do you think engineers like weed so much Absolutely. It's, a, it's a true fact uh meanwhile debbie now along with randy anton's neighbor hunts anton down to put a stop to the possessed hand after sending molly to the school dance anton returns home to finish off the hand unfortunately peanut and mick inadvertently release the hand from the microwave when they're trying to microwave their burritos uh and the three i would not put r- anything in that fucking microwave to heat it up after the hand is out Remember, they were like, who's going to clean this? It's not our not problem. Not problem. our problem. They still throw the burritos. It's fucking there. gross. <laughs> they're in that's a the part. That's the part that's gross as fuck to me. <laughs> Whatever, dude. They're, they're the undead. They're probably like, you know. That's true. Doesn't matter to them. They're also the only undead that I think I've ever seen in a film that don't want brains afterwards. They just want so, burritos. You know. Yeah, they just want burritos. Brains, to hang not out burritos. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the three steal Randy's truck and head to the school. Uh, 
so Mick and Peanut also go to the Halloween dance after basically being like, no, we don't want to go. Like, why would we be caught there? You think we're that much losers or whatever, like at the beginning of the film? And so they're having a really good time, like in every movie, how like the losers that don't want to go to the dance are like, no, I don't want to go to the dance. And then they go to the dance and then they're just and like, then they have yeah, a good time at the great. dance. Yeah. It's because they have um, the best costumes. They do. That's You're true. You're going to get so that's many true. chicks with those costumes. So many. God, can you imagine the awkward, headless sex that they would have if they if they would have stuck around instead of going to heaven at the end of the film? <laughs> but think of all of the porn parody puns. Like if Peanut's head falls off, hey, you want to give me some head? Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> what would it be like? But we, we sort of got like a real life rendition of that when uh, What's-His-Face got his dick cut off and then starred in that porn video, Frank and Weenie. Oh, that's yeah. true. Or Frank and Dick, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. What's his name? Uh, John Lorena, Bobbitt. John Bobbitt, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Bobbitt. I also don't think it was Frank and Weenie, because I feel like that was a cartoon. Oh, maybe it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't. That was about, like, the, the, the dog. Frankenstein dog. Yeah. <laughs> Different was, kind of movie. <laughs> Frankencock or it something. It was some I don't sort know. of, yeah, play on dicks and... <clears throat> <laughs> right. So uh, the 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 gym that was being used for the school dance was also the same gym that was used for the filming of Jawbreaker, another film Alex keeps trying to get me to watch. That movie is and so good. I still have not watched it either. You guys are fucking. We did promise out. Alex that we would watch it. It's or at right. least I promised Alex I would watch it's it. It's actually really good. I think I did too. Uh, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is just like one of my wife's favorite mm-hmm. series of all time. Yeah. I, I just one day I'll get into a rant about how I truly feel about Joss Whedon on this podcast, oh God, and then every can we avoid every, that? Please? Everybody you and I have, stop listening immediately. You and I have had that conversation. We uh, <laughs> we don't need to share that conversation with the rest of the world. <laughs> I just don't need to hear this conversation again. uh so they go over the dance to watch over molly while anton looks for the hand randy and debbie meet up with anton debbie well by meet up i mean debbie tries to kill anton with this with this ritualistic dagger Mm. (laughs) and uh does end up doing it yeah because he he shows her that she that he no longer has the hand um debbie explains that the hand will drag molly's soul into the netherworld at midnight final victim yeah Druid, Druid time, time. <laughs> Druid time, which is only in six minutes. Uh, Anton crashes the dance and tries to warn everybody about his hand, but is ignored. The hand then appears out of nowhere and scalps the band's lead singer, offspring frontman Dexter Holland, and uh, causes a bit of a panic. Just a tad. Just, just, just a, a tad. Wee bit. Uh, Molly and her friend Tanya escape through the vents. They attempt to go through a fan, which they have stopped with Tanya's shoe, but Tanya gets hung up on a rope. <laughs> I see what you did there. Molly tries to pull, pull <laughs> tries to pull uh, Tanya off the fan, and Anton's hand and hand ends up removing Tanya's shoe, allowing her to be pulled to her death inside the fan. Um, th- Molly then runs to an art room. What? I was gonna say I don't think how that would work. That that would work though. You know how once he takes the shoe out and the fan starts going, it sort of twists the rope up. Right. I right, feel right, like right. it would just cut the rope. <laughs> I feel like it would have just gotten stuck and she would have been she just hanging been from the rope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know why, like, every single film, like, Hollywood film always just assumes, oh, it's a rotating fan. You have to die to it. Right? Because it happened it's in not... Willy Wonka. It's just the science behind it doesn't seem, <clears throat> doesn't seem solid to me. Alex, yeah. the school that they go to where this dance is taking place probably mm-hmm. does not have the best science program. Probably. I also, yeah. think, I also think that... Uh, 
what was it last week you were like what issue was it that i brought up where i was like oh i have a big issue with this and you guys were like oh that's the part that you have to suspend your disbelief for this is the part that you have to spend suspend your disbelief for Alan? yes it's the part that bothered me <laughs> <laughs> everything else seems very realistic to me oh, okay <laughs> hashtag live in pasadena and you find out yeah i guess that's probably true <laughs> Uh, they're not called the undead, Alex. They're just called meth addicts. Oh, okay. There's no Calm meth down. heads in Pasadena. <laughs> I, I just assume they're they're everywhere That's in California. True. I, I um, think you got to move up to the hills a little bit. It's the only thing you can afford in California. <laughs> it was meth. <laughs> I don't need a home. I just need my sweet, <laughs> sweet meth. <laughs> Anton enters and fights with the hand wall. Uh, it is inside a puppet. But it escapes to the auto shop where Molly is strapped to a car and her brawn panties being raised towards the ceiling. Uh, Anton, Mick, and Peanut fight with the uh, hand over the controls. Mick finds the mechanics bong that he and Peanut smoke for strength. This is like the equivalent of watching Popeye eat a can of spinach. Yep. <laughs> if Popeye lied about making the can of spinach himself. Yes, yes. You don't uh, think he Anton... actually made that bong? No, there's no fucking way Peanut made that bong. I think Peanut did make that bong. Yeah, dude, I do too. Stoner ingenuity, man. I'm telling you, you're not giving Peanut enough credit, man. Not at all. <laughs> Give Peanut more credit. Exactly. I I keep I keep wanting to call him Peanut. Yep, yep. Instead of Peanut, it is what it is. Anyways, they f smoke for strength because that's what you do. That's what you do. When you uh, have to do something tough, you microdose a little bit. You can get a little hit in there and just keep on trucking, you know? Uh, Anton blows some smoke into the hand, uh, still inside the puppet, until it drops the controls and they save Molly. So basically, they get the hand high. So this this isn't <laughs> where you have to spend suspend your disbelief because there's no lungs for this hand. It just still manages to get high. No, it gets straight but, into the blood. Into it's the straight into the blood. It's like when you put friggin'... Okay, because, because like, fucking... Weed is acid all of a sudden. It's like when, <laughs> when you like butt chug vodka. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, it's you're just shotgunning thing. it. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the, the puppet gets high. <laughs> God. Anton re releases Molly from the top of the car. They go under the car and start making out. Um, mm. Because why not? In the process of lighting the bong for Mick, Peanut accidentally hits the controls for the car, and Anton is crushed by the car. It's not supposed to go down that fast. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, in the film's conclusion, Anton is in a body cast at the hospital, having, giving, having given up heaven to stay with Molly, and Mick and Peanut are now his guardian angels with their tiny little wings. Um... He's left alone in his room. Anton looks up and sees the message, I'm under the bed, written on the ceiling. Mick and Pino walk down the hall, pondering if they should tell Anton they were the ones that wrote the message, but decide against it, laughing. <laughs> so is Anton undead? No. He's just really injured. Yeah, he's just alive. So he didn't come back dead. He just, maybe he didn't die at all. I guess, yeah, I, just, I, I guess he just, he just got, got like super injured. injured. I don't think he saw yeah. the pearly gates, did he? I don't think so either. I'll see what would come back as undead. Either that or there's a continuity error here that's glaring. <laughs> it's glaring. That we, <laughs> that we immediately need to contact Terry Hughes over and mm -hmm. get to the bottom of. <laughs> I mean, Jessica Alba's been pretty cool with everything else he's done so far in this movie. I think she'd be all right with just, like, banging an undead dude, too. Uh, yeah, she yeah seems probably. To have no it's like Terry and the T-Rex, dude. 
It's just like Terry and the T Rex. <laughs> it's just, just, just strip tease for a for a brain. It'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> the women in some of these fucking movies. <laughs> or Ter- Tammy and the T Rex. I mean, uh, no, it was Terry. <laughs> no, it was, no, it was Tanny. Tanny. Oh, Tanny. Tanny. Yeah, I said Terry because of Terry Hughes. Uh, so why exactly is this film such a flop? Well, some <laughs> might point to the fact that it was delayed due to Columbine, a film where a kid kills a bunch of his friends and parents and cops bit of a touchy subject at that point in time yes. sammy got some from from cnn yeah regarding I, found, this? I found an article from cnn dated april 30th of 1999 uh okay it said news services reported a meeting of studio haunches in the wake of the columbine high school killings in littleton colorado the agenda being whether it might be prudent to move the release date of idle hands for fear of offending the public's still raw sensibilities Promotional material features this line, Will the gates of hell open wide at the high school Halloween dance and drag an innocent soul into eternal damnation? Uh, Despite a national debate raging at the time on the subject of Hollywood's depictions of violence, drug use, and sexual activity, the studio officials decided against changing the release date, releasing a statement in which they said the picture bears no resemblance to the tragedy at Littleton (laughs) and is a comedy based on a totally different subject. At the film's publicity junket, which took place well before the Columbine shootings took place, director Rodden Flender expressed similar sentiments, saying, I hope people laugh and scream and have a good time. I think it's a good date movie. <laughs> um, very strange. This, uh, this interview, and uh, we'll share the link um, for this, also includes a, a brief Q&A with Devin Sawa. Mm. Mm. I'm into Where it. the first question is whether or not he's Canadian. He is Canadian. That's exactly how he answers. Oh, good. <laughs> I was like, is he? Please tell is me. Is there a debate? Like, uh, if you're born in Canada, <laughs> no, it's you're very Canadian. weird. I don't I, understand I, what the I don't debate know if, is here. I don't know if the Q and A that's in that article was like abridged or anything. Uh, but oh. the very first question is like, Vancouver, huh? <laughs> Are you Canadian? <laughs> yes. Canada, am I right? <laughs> Um, others might point to the fact that this film was butchered in editing. Plenty of setups and punchlines go right over viewers' heads because of deleted scenes, including some uh, of the ways that Anton makes fun of the two police officers he kills at the film's halfway point. Jessica Alba's love for bass guitar uh, apparently is just totally cut out of the film. And there's like a scene where you can see her like playing bass guitar in the background mm-hmm. while some of the characters speak. And apparently that's just like from a previous scene and would have queued up something really funny, according to the DVD commentary, if it would have been left in the film but uh i don't know I, I guess it causes some of these films inside jokes to go right over people's heads um and then in addition the biggest thing uh the film's final encounter with the hand was completely reshot um an elaborate swimming pool sequence utilizing a large pool model walls of hands and a hellhole visual was initially planned as the film's final hand encounter however the initial post viewing test suggested that the ending didn't quite mesh with the overall intended tone of the film a replacement shop class sequence with both comic and horror elements was substituted delaying the film's release by several months the original swimming pool sequence was uh, mostly completed and can be watched as a bonus feature on the DVD presentations. I tried so hard to find this on YouTube, but I could not I find it at all. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. <clears throat> I could not find it at all. Um, so between the delays, the reshoots, the weird edits, and some of the bizarre choices, the deadpan humor, the film was never going to find its footing in terms of a wide audience. But it excelled at fighting its footing with smaller groups, I think. Right? Yeah. Horror fans, stoners, stoners, people that flat out like the bizarre. Like, 
I don't know about you guys, but any film that features Seth Green with a shitty plastic bottle poking out of his head for three quarters of the film gets a pass in my book. What about you guys? Why do you guys like this movie so much? Because you guys seem to be more excited about this one than I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't think I've seen it since like... I haven't like seen two, it since high school. 2005, yeah. yeah. It's probably uh, been going on about 20 years since I've seen this movie. So do you, do you guys... Considering how excited you all were, because you wanted this to be the first one. I did. You were like, when we started talking about this 420 theme, we were like, oh, we're going to do stoner scares for this month. Mm-hmm. Like, what what was it that made you, that you guys were holding on to from the past that made you want to watch this one first? I, so, like I said, it's probably been about 20 years since I watched this movie. Maybe about 15. Between 15 and 20. And I used to absolutely love this movie. I thought it was fucking hilarious. And like such a, in my mind, like that's what high school was going to be like. <laughs> right. Um, this movie did not hold up for me at all. Yeah. <laughs> the, my, yeah. my favorite part now about this movie, which I don't know that I really enjoyed as much, was Seth Green. Like you said, that... I think that he really made this movie much better for me. But if he was not in this movie, I don't know that I would have enjoyed it at all. The, <laughs> even just, with Devin Sawa in it? What? Even with Devin Sawa in it? Uh, yeah. It doesn't, didn't, he doesn't do it for you? Didn't do it for me anymore. <laughs> Alex has outgrown her first love. I have. Oh, no. I, just, I don't gotta... find him appeal. Like, he's fine to look at, but he's such a lazy stoner. <laughs> I just want to be like, get motivated with your life. <laughs> You can like, smoke pot and do good in school. <laughs> it's I true, like, you I, can. I feel like I want to mother him. <laughs> Just be better. Be better. You're capable of so much more. <laughs> yeah, I I pretty much agree wholeheartedly with Alex. Like, I haven't seen this movie in forever, and it does not stand up. And most of the time I was watching this, I was just kind of, like, really mad at myself. Yes. For, like ever holding this movie in such high regard when I was in high school. Yeah. But also in agreement with Seth Green, like the part that really just stood out to me is when they're crawling through the vent and the fucking bottle cap gets stuck in the ductwork. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> like it's, it's such a small moment and he's like, Oh, well, this is weird. And he has to get pulled out and just like shakes it off. And it's such a perfect little like microcosm of what Seth Green has done throughout his whole career. And right. I like, I think that one little moment is so great. Mm-hmm. So do you think it, that it's more um, to do with the time period that it doesn't hold up or just because we've grown? Like, do you think that this movie would still appeal to high schoolers, stoner high schoolers these days? Or do you think it's just just a relic? I think it's I th- aged out. I think you can make I think this is the kind of movie that's actually prime for a remake. OK. That's interesting. Well, that is interesting, actually. So what what about this do you think? I think you just update it. Could I be think changed. You, like, you could honestly keep it almost identical and just mm-hmm. update it to like 2020 because what, what high school stoner is going to see a fucking asthma inhaler that looks like the ones that my mom used and know what that is? <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> Replace it with a jewel pod and you're already off to a decent start. Oh, there you go. That's that's interesting. But who would who would be Devin Sawa, though? I don't even know that teenage actors, know. so I don't... <laughs> I don't I don't know that the youngins. I feel like you get like like what about you need like a music artist. Like the ones that are immediately coming to my mind. Like I could see grungy ass Justin Bieber, especially nowadays, oh, playing that, that role really well. Uh-huh. Uh I could see I could see Post Malone doing that role really well. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Dude, if either one of them actually signed up for a remake of this, I'd be actually hundred percent on board. 
Yep. I would love to see Post Malone. <laughs> yeah, dude, it would be it would be great. Uh so yeah, you guys think it's like a product of its time and mm-hmm. the, and the fact that we've grown older kind of like it's a double whammy that knocks this movie down a couple of pegs, huh? It's funny because I still actually like found myself having a good time with it. I think it was more just like uh stuff started popping into my mind about high school and some of the, the antics that we used to get into and just like the the ingenuity of the mm-hmm. variable or you know just just the sheer amount of things that we could find and use to smoke out yeah. of <laughs> I think I think that's part of what it was too because when I was in high school being a stoner was such a huge part of my identity that I think this movie really spoke to me yeah <laughs> and it's not yeah. so much of an important thing in my life now that I feel kind of almost embarrassed that I cared that much. And I think <laughs> and that's this the movie issue. makes me feel this embarrassment. <laughs> and I think I think that's my same issue. Is like the movie is still a fun watch. Mm-hmm. It's not a, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> no, it's and not. it's one of those like I I watch this and I remember how much I loved this movie. Yeah. When I was in high school and like I would tell everybody about it like and this is the best movie that's ever been made. Um, <laughs> Kind of like going back to how we were talking last week with Tarantino and uh, how like Reservoir Dogs is like the ultimate, one of the ultimate bro movies. Yeah, for sure. Like this is one of the ultimate stoner movies and I'm just not that 16 year old pothead anymore. Yeah, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Look at us. We've grown up. We've matured. Matured. uh, Matured. (laughs) Um, I will say I I went back. So I used to kind of like... It didn't happen too frequently, but there were a couple of times when when we'd I'd be hanging out around with my group of stoner friends and we'd double feature this and Half Baked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went. That's perfect. I went and watched Half Baked again, Mm -hmm. and I found myself having a much better time as an adult watching Half Baked than I think I did in high school. Okay, because it makes more sense as an adult. Yeah, it does. That movie is really about like dealing with a whole bunch of adult issues. It as, is. As, I mean, yes, it's got On a lot weed. of stoner comedy in it. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of stoner comedy in it, and it's and it's definitely hilarious in that regard for stoners. But like, damn, dude, like it's it's just a. I don't want to say mature because it's not. It's no. not a more mature film at all. No, it's a, it's, it's, it's it's idle hands for adults minus the killing. That's yeah, so funny that you yeah. say that too, because um, Up in Smoke has been playing on IFC like pretty much every night for the last week and I watched oh, really? and yeah and I watched that and I remember kind of liking it as like a in high school but I like it a lot more now. <laughs> I yeah. think it's more not grown up. Mature is a weird word for it, but I think it's more adult humor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And it just it's just one of those situations where like there were both films that I loved as a high schooler. Mhm. This movie still, Idle Hand still gets a pass from me because I still found myself enjoying it like more than I disliked it. There were so many more times that I feel like I was rolling my eyes than I did when I watched this movie as a high schooler. Uh, But I I think like I I definitely put it down a peg because it's much harder for me to ignore the fact that there are literally no consequences at all for anybody in this (laughs) film, like at all, period. Yeah. And that irks me so much. Yeah. because I just feel like that's not like the best message to be sending your high school stoner viewing. Audience. Oh, so you're worried about the message. <laughs> 
Well, no, it's not. It's uh, I don't really. I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm a puritanical parent. What about the children? Like, I don't really give a <laughs> shit about that. They're going to think they can kill like, their parents and get away with it. <laughs> I don't think that's the message that this film is trying to say at all. But like, it just it irks me, I guess, as an adult that I I expect some sort sort of levity mm-hmm. to to the characters because I feel like that's the one of the big things about this film is like every character is just so easily dismissible because ultimately nothing that they do matters. No. Yeah. I also remember um, this movie being a little bit more gory than it was. I mean, really? I remember this movie not being nearly as gory as yeah. it was. Oh, I remember really? this movie not I'm being that gory at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, actually, when I was rewatching it, I was kind of just like, oh, shit, this movie's like a lot more graphic than I remember it oh, being. Yeah. Like, it's mostly not the like hand of taken aback way. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like... Well, no, there's like a lot of like... So that's the other thing that really bugged me about this film. So, like for instance, the biggest part that 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 uh, with the parents, right? Mm-hmm. When when the mom dies, her head like explodes, right? <laughs> like off camera, and you see the brain yeah. matter and like all the blood spotted on the floor, and then she's just fine. She has a head totally. again. She has a head with no like yeah. bash marks on her face or anything like that. Like later, and that happens uh, when the two are making out in the car, uh, and the hand appears. Oh, that's right. When we see when we see the boobs. The f- yeah, the when we see the boobs. Uh, once again, it's like a whole bunch of brain matter and blood that splatters on the dash of that car, and they're both just fine when the bodies are discovered. Like, yeah, where is the blood splatter coming from specifically? <laughs> well, I think that's because they don't actually show anything happen, right? You just get to see the splatter. They have to sort of... Well, you see the guy get his head smashed into the window. Kind of. Yeah. Who, which means that's either the world's most bulletproof window, or he's got the world's <laughs> right. weakest head. So would you say yes. that that car is... Death proof. No, <laughs> Maybe on the outside. <laughs> so what are we? What are we rating this out of? I mean, it's got to be microwave burritos. Right? It, yeah, I should. I should obviously be microwave burritos. Like that was that microwave like, bloody burritos, maybe. Like, okay. Like microwave burritos and like. The fucking like Totino pizza rolls and bagel bites and shit was like peak stoner food. Oh, yeah. Mom got Tostinos. <laughs> dude, whatever. I still love Tostino. Every time they're you make great. any party that we have, dude, I get so happy. I when you introduce me to the time deep fried I... ones. Yeah. Shit every time we have life. a party, Tostinos, they're easy and delicious. It's like the one, that's the one time of, of my life that I still get to eat those like yeah. and it happens maybe twice a year well no it's alright man once your kid gets older and you start buying them from him you just no, start eating not. his Kelly, Kelly and I made a made a staunch decision that that uh, we're, we're not gonna let Atticus eat that kind of stuff does he only eat organic vegetables from your garden <laughs> I'm sorry yes. I can't wait for your kid I mean, to you get can, beat you up. can laugh at it I just like I dealt with a lot of weight issues yeah, as no, a kid that's and fair. I don't want yeah. I don't want to put Atticus through that I was more so, laughing like... at the organic fruits and vegetables comment <laughs> not that you want your kid to eat healthy I think that's great right right uh, so bloody microwave burritos yeah yes how many bloody my uh Alex you were pushing so I was adamantly I'm gonna this kick to this off I feel, yeah I want you <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this a two point five bloody okay. microwave burritos. I thought it was okay. fun fun for everyone, but it's not something that I will probably ever watch again. <laughs> Sam? Uh I'll give it a two. I think this is uh a perfect candidate for not only a remake of some sort, but specifically a drunken or stone midnight movie experience. Mm, yep. 
Interesting, interesting. I'm going to give it a 2.75. Wow. <laughs> uh, Palmer's got a lot just... more memories with this one. I do, I do. I think it's just like, it's, like I said, it's just the, it brings back the stoner nostalgia to me. Uh, and that ends up with a 2.4166666. We are on a roll doing this We are doing it for moments. Always, the devil's always with us. <laughs> when we're at our homes so i got i got one more little thing for this i came across uh an article on vice from 2017 uh, written by emma garland about this uh-huh. right not reviewing the movie itself but reviewing the movie through the choices of the music oh, that they made for this uh okay it's a really fun read. We'll share the link. Um, and holy shit, it's an incredibly small window of time. Uh, one direct quote regarding the soundtrack to this, to give you an idea, was uh, Zebrahead's Mind Trips song is so 1998, it just bought me a zebra print rug and braided my soul patch. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will say about like soundtracks from this era, they all had the same songs on them. Like the Matrix had Dragula on it. Yeah. Had that st- had Static X's push it on it. Yep. Had like and then the Resident don't Evil forget, movie. Don't leave out that Power Man five thousand that showed up all the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> this is what it's like when worlds collide. Oh god, what a what a fucking shitty song. If we're gonna t- <laughs> if we're gonna talk about that though, I do also wanna say my one weird little detail about this movie is the shirt that Dexter Holland is wearing during the dance when they're mm-hmm. playing on stage is an AFI t shirt. Uh, who eventually recorded a few of their albums on Dexter's record label, Nitro. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of The Offspring as a kid, especially after I moved to Richmond, because they just felt so, like, I don't know, edgy, and I was 10, so whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I single-handedly blame Dexter Holland for introducing Davey Havoc to the world. Mm. He should be ashamed Is he the one that that went to jail for pedophilia? No. Did he? Which is the which which was the singer that there was like a singer uh, I don't of think that was one of those bands yeah what punk it? singer that went to jail for pedo I'm trying to remember Lost Profits there it is I don't know why I always get AFI and Lost Profits confused you I'm know just... what my favorite thing is if you go to Google and listeners you can try this at home if you type in pop punk pedo into Google the very first search result is why does almost every pop punk band have to have a pedo in it what? <laughs> <laughs> Pop punk pedo. Why I does? I oh can... shit, you're right. The fuck is wrong with this genre and it being pedos? Pop punk is a That's... predatory subculture. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. AKA pseudo pop <laughs> pedo somebody... punk. Pedo, pedo pop. Somebody will write a fucking doctorate, get their doctorate based on a paper of what's more pedophilic is 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 whether or not it's porno grind or pop punk we'll see pedo punk i think now <laughs> we can term it pedo punk yeah yeah for sure oh, all right everybody hold oh. on one last thing super small i think we talked about this before but i don't remember um but for anybody who does still hold this movie in super high regard or just want like a special collector's edition uh scream factory is releasing a collector's edition for this may 12th oh uh-uh. well there you go there you go see if uh this movie holds up to you these days, I guess. Yep. <laughs> I would love to, to hear what people think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's time for the housekeeping. Man, that episode was smoking. We ground up the contents. We rolled them up. We blazed it 420 style. Next week, 
We're continuing our month of stoner scares with a glimpse back at another early 2000s film that gets a pass from me. Freddy and Jason. Freddy versus Jason, sorry. Uh, it's got to be... It's got what must be one of the most iconic stoner scenes in recent horror memory, but it's hard for me to believe that the 2000s aren't so recent anymore, so I'm just going to keep calling them recent, even though... 20 it's years almost, ago. Yeah, 20 <laughs> years ago at this point. Uh, in the meantime... You can follow us on social media like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Terra and Ponito. You can follow us individually, too. I'm Palmer at Sternsworth. I'm posting progress pictures of my garden on Instagram and chatting with people about the best stoner horror on Twitter. I'm Alex at A. Looters. Same thing. I'm, I'm Sam at Sam Heaps, and I don't actually remember what I posted on Twitter the other day. You posted something funny. I had to retweet it because I got a chuckle. A chuckle, <laughs> a hearty a guffaw. <laughs> <laughs> also don't forget to enter the holding contest if you're interested um thanks for tuning in we'll be back next week same quarantine time same quarantined place we'll see you then and as always keep it creepy take care everyone.